1: Alright,
2: welcome to another show of The Butting Heads Podcast, part of Ramstalk Radio and the Blue Wire Podcast Network. As always, I'm Sue Barrow here, Johnny Gomez. So for this podcast, we I'm not going to be around next week, so that we were planning on recording a double podcast and doing a big debate on the Hall of Fame class and whether Tory Hall will or should make it, and then... Thankfully, I looked because they're announcing this during the NFL Honors on Thursday. So we're going to do it today. Uh, so no pod next week. But, Johnny, I'm excited for this conversation because it's uh, another year where they do not have enough spots in the Hall of Fame.
1: I it, it, It's one of those things where, in our minds as, as RANF fans, Tory Holt should be a lock for the Hall of Fame, and and he is a lock for the Hall of Fame, but it's kind of when, and you know, it, it's kind of something you and I harp on every year um, since he's been eligible. But you know, now it's like, why isn't he in yet? And the truth is, there's there's so many talented wide receivers in the NFL, especially since it's become like a passing league. So, the more and more that these wide receivers, especially in, in modern day NFL, become eligible for a Hall of Fame, it's going to get even more difficult. Can you imagine now that you have all these great wide receivers uh, that will be eventually eligible? We're going to be having this debate, but with different players. You know, that's that's insane. And, and Torrey Holt is basically a part of that as well. So it, it won't be just Torrey Holt. It'll be other players that we feel um, deserve to be in it. There's truthfully still guys out there that have been eligible for years um, that I would love to see there. But, yeah, it, it's it's just one of those things where it's it's going to get harder and harder each year.
2: He's – a, not the only guy who definitely should be on the Hall of Fame who's been on the ballot for like five years who's not in yet on the ballot this year, and he's also not the only Hall of Fame wide receiver on the ballot this year. So it's it's another interesting year, and I'm excited to dip into that. B, before we hop into there, I do want to talk about uh, the, the continued coaching carousel we have news and we have non-news. The news is that the Rams hire Nick Kelly from New England to be their tight ends coach. Doesn't sound like a big deal, but Kelly is pretty revered around the NFL. It seems like he interviewed for a couple offensive coordinator jobs. So I guess one of the splashiest tight end coaches you could hire. Uh, for those who don't remember, last year. Thomas Brown was the tight ends coach and he then also became the running backs coach and he's been interviewing for a lot of gigs. So it's not a nothing job. And you know, I don't have any, I'm not going to sit here and act like I have actual takes about Nick Kelly. I do not, but just a notable thing. Johnny, you have any thoughts on this?
1: Just that I'm glad that, you know, we're getting some, some quality coaches, to replace quality coaches if that makes sense uh because no matter what there's we we've seen this year in and year out under the sean McVay coaching tree poached and it's no different this year uh now while technically guys like thomas brown and um we're still waiting about raheem morris which we'll get into later uh there's a possibility that these guys are going to get poached this year. If not this year, for sure, next year, I imagine. Um, So to to have these quality guys, it's kind of – they're not just replacing them with, okay, uh, let's say like a – well, like a Liam Cohen.
2: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, and and, like you said, Thomas Brown's still employed by the team. He hasn't gotten a new job yet. He might, but also a decent chance he lands back here. So, yeah, it's good to get a lot of smart people in the room, or at least what we're told, smart people. Uh, It doesn't seem like any of these guys aren't smart people. So uh, he's building a nice staff there. Now, on the flip side of this is defensively, Rahim Morris is still in the mix as far as we're aware. For the Colts head coaching job, they are taking their time. Every defensive coordinator candidate is getting hired. And so, like, I don't want to root against the guy, but what do we do if, if he gets his job now? Uh, it seems like every big candidate is just being
1: plucked. It's... It's what makes this whole situation challenging. and I've actually seen like a, a couple of people on Twitter suggest that there should be some type of safeguard for this type of situation. I don't know if you can do that. I mean, I don't know if there's like a legitimate way without there being like too confusing or too complex to implement some kind of rule to protect teams like the Rams from getting their coaches poached too late. Um, but yeah, it it does, it does kind of bring up an interesting point. You know, I, it's, it's technically a smart tactic by the, by the Colts. I mean, in essence, what is their rush? You know? Yeah. And so that's kind of what I'm looking at there. But, uh, Still got there but It's it, It's becoming a shorter And shorter list the longer The the Colts take and Let's face it they, they Know exactly what they're doing
2: I I I was pretty convinced That Raheem Morris had a Really good chance at this job And I don't know how you feel the longest this goes on, the longer this goes on, the more inclined I'm thinking that they're going to hire Jeff Saturday. Like the waiting, it just seems like Ursa is trying to convince everyone in the building that they should be hiring Jeff Saturday.
1: You know, I I hope that's the case and I'm praying that's the case but I feel like the longer on, I think that they're gonna go with Raheem Morris, which makes me a little bit we uh, anxious because, you know, a- as I was, you know, um, you know, checking my notes here for a second, there was a guy that I was targeting or, or what I was hoping the Rams would target uh, should Raheem Morris leave for the Colts job, and just a few hours ago he just got signed. Um, to become the Vikings defensive coordinator, Brian Flores.
2: Ah, uh, yep. Flores um, is off the market. Ivaro from the Broncos is off the market. Vic Fangio is off the market. It's, it's getting dry out
1: there. Yeah. it It's getting to the point where you're, the Rams are really going to have to like take a much bigger risk with, uh, you know, maybe someone that doesn't have uh, nearly as experience, uh, as much experience as those guys do. Um, so it, it's now coming to the point where I hope that Raheem Morris is our defensive coordinator next, next season.
2: Yeah. You and me both, but we'll see. Uh, I mean, I'm, sh- I'm sure they'll figure it out if he gets a job, but I, I don't know. It's, it's getting a little terrifying out there. If he, if he does get the job, we'll see what happens. If he gets it good for him, you know, he's earned it. Certainly earned it more than Jeff Saturday has, but we we will see what happens. Oh man! And that, like I, I I don't even know if there's a comp. Like imagine if we were sitting here like listing out qualified head coaching candidates, and then like like ro- like I don't know like Andrew Whitworth was like the sixth one to be our head coach. Like just no experience, hasn't worked anywhere. Coming off the coming off the the Amazon Studios desk and and getting the job,
1: you know, I wouldn't oppose the idea of Big Wit being our offensive line coach. No, hell yeah, I would love. I think
2: I literally think he is an open invitation for that job. Like I, I, that's what it seems like. Uh they have said last Harvey. year. Yeah, uh, I I don't think he wants to, but I yeah, I think they would offer him that job in a second.
1: I mean. If I'm getting paid to, to do commentary, um, and as much as he's getting paid, I'm sure, I, I would probably stick with that if I'm being honest.
2: Oh, yeah. If I had, like, a lengthy NFL career where I made a shitload of money, I am not coaching, man. <laughs> like, it's, just, it's such a commitment, and, like, you get paid well, but if you've already, like, made tons of money, like, I, I think that's why you don't really see huge name players become coaches that often, especially in the NFL. I think you see it, like, a little bit more in the NBA. But, like, like a lot of people say, like, they think Chris Paul will be a head coach. Dude, why the fuck would he put himself through that? He's made so much money. I, like, just, just I, I wouldn't do it. But I don't know. Some people are building I
1: mean, there was a there was a period where, you know, some of those big name players in the NBA were were becoming head coaches. It's kinda of fizzled out since then. You know, guys like Derek Fisher, Walton, Jason Kidd. Okay. Uh, the first two Steve players Nash.
2: on that list, Johnny, are not big name players. They're big enough. Derek Fisher's big enough. Luke Walton is not. Uh but no, yeah, like Jason. There. Jason Kidd, Steve Nash, like yeah, those you are correct but jason Kitt, jason kidd stolen yeah
1: that's true the the yeah. Derek
2: fisher like types i feel like are the former players that usually get coaching jobs
0: we're driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all don't search match with indeed
1: Yeah, it, it's kind of interesting though, like because it, it, it's a good point that you brought up that you don't really see that that often in the NFL.
2: No, yeah, well, because it's, I think it's you, it's hard. Like, look at Jeff Saturday. Like, it's pretty hard to justify giving a former player the head coaching job right away. Um, and that's not just former players; it's giving anyone without coaching, head coaching experience in the NFL or just coaching experience in general, a head coaching job. Rarely, almost never happens. It happens sometimes in the NBA because it's, I like, I think out of all the sports, probably the most player-driven league versus coaching. Um, but in the NFL, like, yeah, you you get to work your way up and, like, why – why would somebody like Peyton Manning want to work their way up? Like even Andrew Whitworth, like it's a lot of work, a lot of hours. You're getting paid substantially less money than you made as a player. And you know, you like you're not going to you're not going to put there's you could probably count the number of players under ha- on your hands that could potentially be a head coach without any other experience. And it's like Hall of Fame quarterbacks and that's probably it. Like Peyton Manning could get a head coaching job if he wanted to, I'm sure. Somebody would do it. Would it be a good decision? Easily. I don't know. But like I don't know. Like I don't think Andrew Whitworth could. And is it worth his time to be an offensive line coach? I I don't know. Probably not.
1: Yeah, you you got to want to be a coach in my opinion. Right. You
2: have to not like you have to live and breathe the sport in a way that other people don't that like you wanna go from retiring to coaching when you have other avenues that you can make good money doing or don't need the money. Because it is usually guys like Kellen Moore. Like played in the NFL but didn't do it at all a ton. Um I guess D'Amico Ryan's is kind of a rare example.
1: Yeah. That that's actually a pretty good example. Yeah,
2: he's he's probably the highest caliber former player coaching.
1: Well, Jeff Saturday was a pretty damn good. He doesn't player. count because he just got put in the job <laughs> for no fucking reason. That was the whole point. <laughs> he was a pretty damn good player, you're, though. You're
2: correct. You're correct. But <laughs> that,
1: was the, that was the whole point.
2: Um, yeah. Well, let's let's talk about some former players here, Johnny. Let's let's get in the Hall of Fame. So I'm going to name the player, obviously, Torrey Hall. He's a finalist. This is his ninth year on the ballot. This is his fourth straight year as a finalist, which is a whole mess of issues why we're here. The players on the ballot this year alongside of him are, there's 15, five of them get in. Jared Allen, Willie Anderson, Rondé Barber, Dwight Freeney, Devin Hester, Andre Johnson, Albert Lewis, Darrell Rivas, joe thomas zach thomas demarcus ware reggie wayne and darren woodson so a a mix of guys who retired a bit ago some of these guys retired a long time ago some of them retired pretty recently i what do you think i think the best place to start is probably debating tory hall against reggie wayne and andre johnson and then looking at the class as a whole what
1: do you think I mean, Torrey Holt was definitely one of those players that, you know, you can instantly name him as, you know, one of the uh, top receivers in, in, a, in a generation. You know, maybe he wasn't the top of the top, but he certainly wasn't far away from it. And uh, not to say that Reggie Wayne or Andre Johnson is, you know, that far behind him or anything. But I I just think that Torrey Holt has a, a, you know, being part of uh, an instrumental offense like The Greatest Show on Turf, he was a big part of that, you know. And uh, it's just incredible to me that it's taking this long to get him in. Um, I do think that both, uh, you know, Johnson and Wayne definitely deserve to get in at some point. Just uh, I think I'd be hard-pressed to – say either one of them deserve to get in before Holt.
2: And that's that's the issue is that Tory Holt shouldn't be on the ballot anymore. And I'm going to run through, I'll run through all three of these guys' accolades because it is close. And if it was all three of their first years as finalists, it might be a different conversation. But the way these things work is like people just have to wait to get their dues sometimes. And ultimately it would be, well, well, let, let me run through everybody's accolades here. Uh, we'll start with Tori. I mentioned it's his ninth year on the ballot, four straight years as a finalist. Uh, it took him five years to be a finalist, which is fucking crazy. He's a seven-time Pro Bowler, two-time All-Pro, one on the first team, one on the second team. Super Bowl champion in 99, made it to two. Led the NFL in receiving yards twice in his career, receptions once. He has six straight had six straight seasons with over 1,300 yards and 90 receptions. The six straight years of over 1,300 yards is an NFL record. Same with the receptions. Nobody's ever done either of those. He's one of three players to record 1,600 yards twice. Nobody's done it more than twice. Uh, The players that have also all done that are Marvin Harrison, Julio Jones, Antonio Brown, Calvin Johnson, and Justin Jefferson, so that's all either Hall of Famers, guys who will be in the Hall of Fame. And uh, through this exercise, I've learned how out, out of control Justin Jefferson's first three years are. And that's another topic because he's on pace to be the best receiver to ever play if he keeps it up. Um, Torrey also, between 2000 and 2008, had the most receptions, yards, and first downs for receiver in the league all time and i think this is what's kind of dogging him is that he he had a pretty his peak was basically his whole career um what did he play eight eight or nine years uh i i forgot to prepare that give me one second three four five six seven eight nine ten eleven he actually played 11 years um he had eight straight 1000 yard seasons and six straight 1600 yard seasons and then after the 2007 season where he had a little under 1200 yards he had a okay year in 2008 uh not great year in Jacksonville and then his career was over and so i think that's kind of what this dog and me only ended <laughs> only we're saying 17th all-time in receiving yards 22nd in receptions 40th in touchdown all respectable stats these are all Hall of Fame numbers. He was on the 2000s All-Decades team, only wide receiver from that group to not be in the Hall of Fame out of the four. Uh, There's actually five players of the 15 were on that All-Decades team on this ballot, which is crazy. And I think the one of the stats that kind of tells the most about him is he had 77.4 yards per game, which is eighth all-time. The only retired NFL players who are ahead of him are Calvin Johnson and Antonio Brown. So it's a list that's constantly in flux with players because, you know, if you're the longer you're in the NFL, the more likely you are to fall on that list. Tori Cooper Cup's actually sixth right now, which is insane. Uh Justin Jefferson's first, because of course he is. So that's that's the case for Hall. There's there's no case against him because he he has a hall of fame resume. It's, it's just a matter of when. Now there are 15 players competing for these five spots. And I think the vast majority of the guys on this list are going to get in the hall of fame at some point. So it's not easy pickings. And Johnny, I think when you don't dig into the numbers, it's a lot easier to dismiss the cases for the other two guys here against story hall. But once you really look into it, like, I, I genuinely think that these three guys have very similar careers. Like, I, if you're ranking the best players of all time based on the totality of their careers, these guys are all very close. Uh, Reggie Wayne, he's on the ballot for the fourth time, been a finalist every year. Also a Super Bowl champ, six-time Pro Bowler, three-time All-Pro, including one first team. Um he is tenth all time in receptions, tenth all time in yards, twenty eighth in touchdowns. So he's ahead of Torrey, and in, in, uh, I think he's ahead of him in all three categories. But he played for thirteen years. Torrey only played for nine. Um, wait, did I say nine or eleven? Eleven. Okay, so he played two years longer than Hall, which which you know it adds up. Um, he. Had seven straight years with a 1,000 yards. Torrey had eight. um, Reggie Wayne had six straight seasons with 1,200 yards. Torrey Holt had six straight with 1,300 yards. Uh, He led the NFL in receiving yards once. And looking at Andre Johnson, who played 14 years, he's in his second year on the ballot, second year as a finalist, seven-time pro bowler, four-time all-pro, including two first teams. Led the NFL in receptions and yards twice. He has the NFL record for most seasons with 100 receptions or 1,400 yards with four of them. He has three seasons over 1,500 yards. He has seven total 1,000-yard seasons. He's 11th in all-time receptions, 11th all-time in yards, 49th in touchdowns. So he's ahead of Hall in two of the three categories, not touchdowns. Uh, I think when you talk about who these guys played with, you know, Reggie Wayne played with Peyton Manning for most of his career. Uh, Torrey Holt played with Kurt Warner and then Mark Bolger. And Andre Johnson played with Matt Schaub for the majority of his career. So, like, you, this honestly, like, I I, I kind of just figured I wouldn't really consider Andre Johnson here at all. But I think if you, in a vacuum, if you stack up these three players, there's a strong case for him being the top. I think I would probably still go with Torrey Holt even if they were all in their first years on the ballot, I think that's a little known Homer bias here. Um, I think you could make the case for Johnson. I, th- I think Wayne, like, put everything together. I think he's probably the third best, but they're very close. Um, and I think it has to be Holt out of this group because he's in his ninth year on the ballot. Reggie Wayne's in his fourth. Andre Johnson's in a second. That stuff shouldn't matter, but it does. And so, like, it's so close. I think you got to give it to the guy who's been on the ballot. I think one of these guys will get in. Uh, just looking at the landscape of the finalists, and if they don't, it's because they probably canceled each other out, which would stink. Um, this shit is weird, but I, I think, I think it would be Halt in this. I don't know. Like, it's very close, right? Like, these are three pretty similar players and careers.
1: If it, if not can they my boy Zach Thomas in there? Who's yeah. been waiting for decades at this point.
2: That's an that's another one. I, I'm gonna look up how, how long he's been on because yeah, like you can't even you can't even give Tory Hall the the thing because he's not the best player on the ballot who's been waiting for way too long to get in, it's Zach Thomas. I, I think he, I'd put him ahead of fault. Uh, both of them should be in. I think there's a very good chance both of them get in this year, but it, it's all it's all numbers. I don't know. I don't know. Zach Thomas d- d- definitely deserves to be in there.
1: No question. It, it's, it's baffling how he hasn't gotten in just yet, but if it comes down to... Zach Thomas or or Torrey Holt, I I reluctantly get to uh, Zach Thomas, but hopefully it doesn't come to that point and they can just get both of these guys in because there's no question that they both deserve it.
2: Yeah, no doubt. He's one of the guys who was on the 2000s all-decade team and that hasn't gotten in yet. The others are... Dwight Freeney, Rondé Barber, and I'm trying to look at the list. I can't remember who the fifth guy was. Uh, DeMarcus Ware. All five of those guys, I think, will get in. Um, but when when you look – so you look at the – like because we have to ultimately get this to five guys. Zach Thomas is also a four-time finalist. He also retired in 2009, so – him and him and Tory Hall basically had the same trajectory of like not even being finalists, despite clearly being Hall of Famers. Zach Thomas is a seven-time All-Pro, five-time first-team, uh, and seven-time Pro Bowler. Led the league in tackles twice. I mean, he's he should be in it before Tory, if if that's what it comes down to. Uh, I don't think that's what it's going to come down to. You look at the ballot for this year. We named the guys. I think Joe Thomas is a lock, right?
1: Yeah, you'd have to. Uh, and I, I, he's another Thomas that I would have loved to have had.
2: Yeah. I think, um, like, I think as a result, there'll probably be some linemen in this mix that could have gotten in. that I don't think we'll get in. Cause I think they're only going to put in one. I think it's definitely gonna be Joe Thomas. He's the first, first year, probably last year. Uh, Darrell Revis also first bout hall of famer. Or first year on the ballot, I also think he's a lock. I don't. I mean, I, I feel like we've had this conversation before, and I don't know if you felt as strongly about him being first ballot as I did.
1: No, I, I was. Be wrong. Should he be a Hall No doubt about it. Um, but it's kind of one of those things where, for him, I felt like he, when he was on top, he was untouchable. And that's why he's locked for the Hall of Fame. But how long was his, you know, prime, his top? That, for me, was the reason why Daryl Revis shouldn't be a first ballot. But if he did become a first ballot Hall of Famer, I guess I wouldn't, like, be super upset about it. Unless, you know, again, you take that away from, like, Torrey Holt and Zach Thomas, who clearly deserve to be in already.
2: Well Revis's resume, yeah, he he played for I think eleven seasons, won a Super Bowl with the, the Patriots, four time first team all pro, seven time Pro Bowler total. Uh was on an all decades team. I think like when you look at Torrey Hall at his peak, he was one of the best wide receivers in the league. When you look at Darrell Revis at his peak, he was one of the most valuable non quarterbacks in the NFL. Like I, I think that the what he brought for those couple years where he was really on top of the Jets, and then he didn't just like fade away. Like he had a little, a little renaissance after he left the Jets. He was pretty good with he was okay with the Bucks. He was great with the Patriots, first team All Pro that year. And then he went back to the Jets, and he was okay for a little bit. But I think it's kind of like a Terrell Davis situation where he was so good that he. That alone, for that run of his prime of a couple years, is enough to get in. But unlike Terrell Davis, he didn't just play for four years. Like, he played for a decade and wasn't a a non-factor for the years. I, he wasn't great. Uh, I think it was really just a Chiefs year where he was done. And I think it's, too, like, I mean, look at the ballot. I can't make a case for... Five players on this ballot over Drew Revis. Like I, I don't even Zach Thomas. I, I I I don't know. I I would still put him ahead of those guys.
1: Oof, I don't know if I go that far, but that could be just a bias because I I, I am a pretty big fan of uh, Zach Thomas and and of course obviously Tory Holt.
2: Well, so so let's do the exercise. Looking at the list, I think. Let me know if you disagree. I think we can eliminate these players from being in this year. Jared Allen, Willie Anderson, I think probably Andre Johnson because of the receiver logjam. Albert Lewis, Darren Woodson, probably Rondé Barber because I don't think they're going to put in two cornerbacks, and if one of them gets in, it's going to be Revis. And unfortunately, because I am a strong advocate for this player's Hall of Fame case, I think we can also eliminate Devin Hester.
1: Yeah, uh, I, if you extended the amount of, of, uh, players that get, you know, inducted at a time, then I think you can make an argument for Devin Hester, but in the end, I just think it's, there's just so many players to choose from that. I think that Devin Hester might be waiting for maybe a few more years, unfortunately.
2: Yeah, I I agree. So, so you have Thomas in there, um for the sake of conversation, we'll have four slots left between these players, Torrey Hall, Reggie Wayne, Darrell Revis, Zach Thomas, Patrick Willis, Dwight Freeney, DeMarcus Ware. I kind of feel like it's just going to be Revis and then one of Halt or Wayne, one of Zach Thomas or Patrick Willis, and one of Dwight Freeney or DeMarcus Ware. I think if any of these groups had two players in, it could be Zach Thomas and Patrick Willis, but the fact that Zach Thomas isn't in the Hall of Fame yet leads me to believe that they're not going to put in two inside
1: linebackers this year. No, I, I highly doubt it.
2: Um, And, and so from that group, I, I think I obviously think Rivas, as I said, I think it's probably Halton and Thomas. And then I, Ware or Freeney, I, I think I'd go F- Ware. I think both of those guys should get in pretty quickly, though. I think Ware should have gotten in last year. But it's just a second year on the ballot. I think that my class would be Thomas Revis Hall, other Thomas uh, and DeMarcus Ware. But wh- where do you stand here?
1: I, I'm pretty similar. I, the only thing is I, I think I would probably sub out Revis and put in Dwight Franey instead. Um, But I don't know, like, I, I that's kind of a interesting scenario do you uh, do you induct to basically pass rushers in, um, and not induct a, a corner or or anybody in the secondary for that matter and that's kind of an interesting thing I, I, there's no ruling that suggests that you have to you know uh, divvy up the um, the induction spots you know, to certain positions or, you know, uh, only giving it to one per position. But it is not typical to see multiple, you know, at one position other than, say, what? Yeah, well, I I
2: think they, you know, I, I think they could go to pass rushers. I think out of all these groups we're talking about, it's much more likely that two pass rushers get in than two cornerbacks or two receivers or two inside linebackers. And, I mean, if you add up, like, if you're talking about which group of these deserves two players, it's Dwight Freeney and DeMarcus Ware. You know, again, had Tory Holt and Zach Thomas not been on the ballot for nine years, Dwight Freeney gets in over both of those guys. And I think same with DeMarcus Ware. But I think, like, we're getting the point where they've been on the ballot so long. They've been Hall of Fame finalists. These people need to come around. And, you know, like, we could just be spinning tires here not realizing that the same people have been voting for the last fucking decade, haven't recognized either of these guys. Maybe it's going to be Andre Johnson and Patrick Willis instead of them because they've had nine chances to put these guys in the Hall of Fame and haven't done it yet. So, you know, like uh, uh, somewhere in my gut tells me that that definitely could happen and that they both might be sitting in the silence of the year. But I think, like, if I'm picking personally, you know, my heart has to go to these guys that have been sitting there that had Hall of Fame careers that need to be put in Canton. You know, th- this, this is an opening to do it.
1: Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. I'd be furious if Andre Johnson gets an Tory hold. Again, not suggesting that... Andre Johnson doesn't deserve to get in at some point because that he, he absolutely does. But considering where Tory Holt is at this point in this uh, Hall of Fame election process, it, it's it would be very disappointing to see that once again Tory Holt has to wait another year when you know Johnson basically jumps over him in this case. And that would be very interesting to me considering that yeah, they he he was on a much different team than Torrey Holt. Um still I I think in the end Torrey Holt had um you know a better career overall and accomplished more with his team. And yeah, like I said, that was it was a very good team. The, you know, ninety nine Rams, but at the same time, I if you take Torrey Holt away from the Rams, do they win the Super Bowl? I doubt it.
2: Yeah, and and he wasn't racking up those accolades with Kurt Warner every year. You know, he had three years with Kurt Warner, and in his streak of thirteen hundred yard seasons, I think Warner was really only his quarterback for two and a half of them. Um, so he did it with Warner, he did it with Bulger. He did not do it with the other guys. But hey, it didn't matter. And I think it's not Andre Johnson's fault that he got saddled with that not great team, but that that matters. It matters that Tory Hall won a Super Bowl with the Rams and it matters that Reggie Wayne won a Super Bowl with the Colts and Andre Johnson didn't. And again, all these guys are Hall of Famers, but I think personally that Because you only let in five every year, you have to get in Hall and Wayne before you get in Johnson, and because they're all so like they all stack up so well compared to each other, like they're all they're all good guys. And um, Pro Football Reference has a Hall of Fame meter that they calculate um, to indicate a player's chances of being in the Hall of Fame. Tory Hall is number six on it this year, Uh, (laughs) right behind Reggie Wayne. So it's very close. Um, they have Reggie Wayne at 109, Torrey Hall at 107, Andre Johnson at 93. They actually have Steve Smith in there at 99, who thank God wasn't a finalist because that would have added another player with a very similar career to this mix of guys. Um, the top four after Wayne. Zach Thomas is number one at 114.8, followed by Joe Thomas, Darrell Rivas, and Patrick Willis. Um, so this is obviously not a indicator of who's going to make it because Zach Thomas is number one, <laughs> but, uh, just an interesting <laughs> thing to look at because like, yeah, they Holt and Wayner have really comparable careers. And I, I think Halt just, Holt just shook it in first because he spent on the bout for five years longer and I think had a better career, but if somebody wants to sit here and fight me and who had the better career, you know, it's, it's, it's a debate, you know, we just did it.
1: It's one of those things, too, where if if Reggie Wayne gets in before Tory Holt, I wouldn't be thrilled about it, but I can understand. Uh, Andre Johnson, not so much. Again, uh, not suggesting he wasn't a great player, because, like I said, he deserved to be in the Hall of Fame at some point. Just Tory Holt deserves to be there first. Yeah. Yeah.
2: No, I. Johnson had a fucking way better career than I. Remembered, though. Uh, and I think the reason we don't remember it is because he played on the Texans. Yeah. But no he played question. in the Texans. If, if Steven Jackson played in the Patriots for most of his career, he'd probably be in this mix as well.
1: If he played on the Patriots, the Patriots would be Super Bowl champs every year. No well, question.
2: Johnny, I got some news for you. They basically wore Super Bowl champs every year without him.
1: Uh, Yes and no, but I mean keep in mind that one of the only areas and oddly enough it was kind of one of those things where they kind of had like a influx of different uh, running backs year in and year out um, during those championship runs. Consistent areas that they didn't really have that, you know, longevity uh, running back on their team, which is odd considering, you know, this was a team that was constantly going to the Super Bowl.
2: Yeah, I mean, just looking up the only running back I could remember being good during that run when they had Corey Dillon, Corey he ran won. for, yeah, he ran for 1,600 yards. So, like, yeah, they. They never really prioritized it because I guess they got they got by without it. I mean, they had some good guys, but yeah, you're right. and that was the only running back even of that caliber.
1: man that that that's a terrible thought to to see Steven Jackson on the Patriots.
2: <laughs> well, it's like look at like that that they just never invested big in skill players. like we all thought Tom Brady was a game manager. And then they traded for Randy Moss, and he became the guy we knew for the rest of his career. He was just an absolute fucking killer because you finally gave him somebody worthy of catching passes from Tom Brady, and they go 17-0. and It's crazy how that works out. Like, I, Johnny, I am so fucking terrified for what happens if the 49ers ever actually invest in a quarterback. That's good. <laughs> Like if they get Aaron Rodgers next year, I think they're going to go 20
1: and out. Yeah, I would be terrified. And, and to tell you the truth, um, I don't think that they're going to pursue another quarterback because they just believe so much in Trey Lance and now maybe even Brock Purdy. Um, me personally, I think that I don't really believe in either one of them. Uh, not that they're, they could do worse. They can have Jimmy Garoppolo or something like that. But <laughs> um, yeah, it, it's kind of an interesting situation overall over there.
2: I, I think they'll pursue Aaron Rodgers if that's an option, uh, and I don't. I don't think they pursue anyone else, and nor do I really think they should because you should play Trey Lance. Like if he's healthy, you should play him. That that should be your choice. But it's it's just you're wasting time it's a problem every every year you wait for this guy to to come around and that's why one like that's why we secure and defend the Matthew Stafford trade to the death be, even though we don't have the 5th pick or whatever this year because every year that you don't win is a year where your team gets older and you end up having to play players money it's just you you're just you're burning years and the 49ers have had one of the best cores in the league for the last five years, and they haven't had the guy at quarterback to, to really unlock that offense because it's, you know, Pur, Purdy played well, but he's not the guy. Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo is not the guy. Trey Lance might be the guy, um, but we don't know. And if he's not the guy, where do you, where do you go from there? It's it, it's an interesting situation. I don't—I I think Rodgers is going to end up on the Raiders, but— or the Packers. I, I don't I don't know about the 49ers. I don't know if he'd want to play there because of the chip on his shoulder about the 49ers.
1: I mean, Derek Carr is available.
2: I think... would You would rather sign Derek Carr and start him and end the Trey Lance experiment than play Trey Lance next year? No. Yeah, me neither.
1: But, uh, I mean... It, it just really depends on, you know, how the organization views Trey Lance. I, it's really difficult to say what they have in him because he just hasn't been healthy. It, it hasn't been that long since they drafted him. But, I mean, it, it's it's so much different than, say, Zach Wilson. Um, Zach Wilson, you can pretty much see the writing on the wall that he's, he's not the answer. Uh, but with Trey Lance, you don't know. I, I mean, I don't know. Right.
2: Well, I, but if Zach Wilson got hurt in Game One this year, he'd be their quarterback next year. Mm-hmm. Like nice. that's kind of that's kind of what it is.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I think I'd be. I'd rather have Trey Lance at this point.
2: Well, yeah. I mean, I might rather have John Wolford than Zach Wilson. That's not true, but. <laughs> wow. wow, you were there. Well, you'd rather have Mike White at this point, so like, it's not. <laughs> I don't know. I Yeah. Yeah. I, I think they, unless they're getting like a whale like Aaron Rodgers or Tom Brady, which isn't happening, but people floated that out before he retired. You have to, you, there's not a better option on the table than the upside of what Lance can bring you.
1: Yeah, you're you're absolutely right there.
2: And it and if uh, we'll see how long it takes Brock Purdy to recover, but
1: <laughs> that's another thing.
2: Yeah, if you if you play Lance and it's not it, you at least have a quarterback who you've won games with, who you know I don't think is the guy. But they think about how good this team was with fucking Jimmy Garoppolo. Like I, if if Lance sucks and you have to pop Purdy back in there, I, you're not going to be. It, it, both That's a better scenario Than signing Derek Carr And ending the Trey Lance project
1: Would you rather have Brock Purdy or Derek Carr? Derek Carr Yeah I, I'm with you on that one Yeah
2: But they're, He's not gonna be their Backup quarterback So No Yeah Would you rather have Jimmy Garoppolo Or Brock Purdy?
1: Uh, I'd go with Brock Purdy
2: Damn I think I'd still go with Jimmy I don't know
1: i don't know if if i were to go with jimmy it would just be because of experience alone but in terms of potential i guess i think i would rather stick with purdy um but it's not i don't know i i just think that jimmy g might be a decent backup but I somehow think he's going to still be a starter next year.
2: I think he's definitely going to be a starter next year. <sighs> and if the Raiders don't get Aaron Rodgers, I think he's going to be starting for the Raiders.
1: I kind of hope so. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I have a feeling he's going to Atlanta.
2: Yeah, I can see that. I can see the Jets. Um, because I think the Jets are going to bring in a vet. Uh, all my Jets jet fan friends are convinced they're getting lamar jackson uh or else and they won't hear otherwise uh which is not going to happen but
1: good luck with that yeah it's not gonna happen
2: maybe they could get pro Bowl quarterback tyler huntley (laughs) yikes uh all right we rapid fire on some other topics that were out there this week um before we wrap up this won't be here next week we'll keep going for a little bit you johnny you brought up the Lawrence taylor quote that came out where he said that aaron donald isn't a top five defensive player all time um i think if you watch in the context of the full clip it's like a non-story he said aaron donald's one of the best defensive players of all time but then just said he wasn't top five uh but the guys he named were himself (laughs) which is true uh reggie Deacon Jones, Ronnie Lott, Deion Sanders, um, you know, personally I'd probably slip him in there over Ronnie Lott, but that's, that's Ronnie Lott. Like I think anyone getting mad about this is, is being a little outrageous. And yeah. he put in Deacon Jones. So like, come on.
1: Yeah. It, it's funny because when I first seen that, and, and the reason why I wanted to talk about this is because when I first seen this, I was thinking to what I kind of, of like raised an eyebrow a little bit like what, what are you talking about Lawrence you know like what what's going on here but then when you really think about it that's good company to be around I mean all of those guys that he listed are tremendous players no doubt about it and all of them you know affected the game in their own way so while I don't necessarily agree with this top five per se I mean, there are some that I do agree with, Deacon Jones being one of them. Um, you know, you you got to kind of give it up to Lawrence, um, you know. No matter how you feel about the guy, he was one of the best, uh, you know, defensive players to ever play the game. So, yeah, I mean, it's really not as far-fetched as some might think. And I'm not going to lie. At first, I was kind of one of those skeptical people. But when you really, really think about it, there, there's a lot of guys. That I mean, we are not even we didn't even mention guys like Merlin Olson. You know, that that's that's also good company to be around. Also,
2: yeah, I mean, the fact that I could sit here and say I don't think we need to mention Merlin Olson because I think Ronnie Law had a better career, Aaron Donald definitely had a better career, is insane. Yep, and also not maybe not true looking at Merlin Olson's uh, accolades, but yeah, you when you're in this territory, it's like, you know, it's, it's like debating, I don't know, fighting wars in the podcast. It's like debating who's better between Tim Duncan and Kobe Bryant. Like, oof, at that point, there. I'm not going to give my take on who it is, but at that point, you're talking about like two of the 10 best players of all time, but both between like six and 12. Uh, it's, you're you're nitpicking and it's Aaron Donald's in the conversation. I think is what matters. You know, you, you can't sit here and say there's no case for any of those five players to be ranked ahead of him. I would probably say as of today, they all maybe should, but I don't know. Maybe not Ronnie Lott, but I think that's more of a safety versus pass rusher thing.
1: Yeah, that, that is where it becomes challenging uh to, because even guys like Primetime, who obviously you you put them you put them near the top there for for obvious reasons, but again, like then you're debating positions, and that that's really difficult to do. It it really is. And uh, just so we're clear, it's Kobe. <laughs> I
2: yeah, I won't fight anyone on that. I think putting Kobe in the Jordan and LeBron day is. A debate is that shit insane, but it'll never end.
1: I, I I won't argue that one because that that's a little tougher to argue. But with Duncan, I'm just saying when you when you do a fadeaway on on a piece of trash in the trash can, you don't say Duncan. <laughs> you say no, Kobe.
2: and it's kind of like the Tom Brady Peyton Manning debate, except if Peyton Manning had five Super Bowls because like Tim Duncan played in the best possible situation his entire career and got the absolute squeezed every drip of juice out of that lemon like Tom Brady did in New England. Um, Whereas Peyton wasn't totally in that for his whole career, but unlike Peyton, Kobe has five championships and as a result, it's a lot easier to rank him ahead because he might be, he probably is. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, well, on a, on a bright note, Johnny, our guy Ronnie Rivers won half a million dollars on the Las Vegas Strip playing three three card poker. He said he's going to buy a house with the winnings.
1: <laughs> I'm just thinking to myself, why the hell didn't I play poker the last time I was in Vegas? I think the thing is to win that
2: amount of money, you have to... I don't know about three-card poker and blackjack. You have to hit that absolute sucker bet where you, like, put the chip on that little light and if it hits one fluke card, you win the jackpot. And the jackpot has to be really high uh, because sometimes it's, like, $50,000 and sometimes it's $500,000. The problem is, Johnny, when you play that little thing you usually play 10 hands and you lose it every time. And then you're like, why am I doing this? And then you stop doing it.
1: Yeah. I'm like the worst gambler out of anybody because I, I lose a dollar and I just think that's a dollar I could have had.
2: <laughs> you have to go to the casino expecting to lose a certain amount of money or else you're going to have a bad time.
1: Yeah. And that's, that's, that, that's why I'm a terrible gambler. <laughs> yeah. I've been doing pretty good the
2: last couple of times I went to the casino, but I oddly
1: enough, the only thing that I've ever really wanted is blackjack. Yeah,
2: me too. But that's all I play. I I don't. I like playing blackjack because you actually are like playing something. Like there's even though it's ninety five percent luck, you have to put yep. some thought into it. Whereas like. Like roulette, I don't know really like because you just you're basically flipping a coin or flipping fifty coins to get one number. Uh, and I, I'd be honest, I don't know how to play any of the other card games. I craps confuses the shit out of me.
1: Same. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I I I tried learning some of uh, like my my dad loves to play Let It Ride, which is a card game, and I was just confused. I'm like, yeah, the same for me. I'll go pl- back to playing blackjack.
0: Yeah,
2: and I, like I could play poker, but at the casinos, it's I feel like poker, actual poker, is like crazy. Yes. <laughs> not for Ronnie Rivers, though. Uh, before we wrap up, did you have any thoughts on the Jalen Ramsey hit in the Pro Bowl?
1: It was, mind you, not that I even watched the Pro Bowl. Um, it was the only thing we're talking about. In that entire, not, not even just the game, just the the whole celebration. That was literally the only thing we're talking about. And it's because it was an accidental hit that shouldn't have happened. <laughs>
2: yeah, that was crazy. When in the year, where, like, imagine if you got hurt in the year where they stopped playing the Fro Bowl, they had an injury. Like, God, I heard it was fun. Like, I heard it was better than the Pro Bowl, but I also did not tune in.
1: There was nothing anybody could say to me that would make me want to watch that at all.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I just, I don't know. I I don't know. Also, it's like all-star games are fun, but they don't matter.
1: It don't Especially the Pro Bowl.
2: <laughs> yeah, it's the worst one out of a bunch of bad ones. The NBA one's gotten pretty fun since they changed the uh, the format to the player draft and the like fourth quarter you play to a certain number. Yeah, I don't mind it. Uh, they're doing the draft before the tip-off this year, which I'm interested to see how that plays out.
1: That That is actually pretty interesting and fun. It's, it's almost like going back to the schoolyard, see who's going to be picked first, who's going to be the last selected.
2: Yeah, well, uh, <laughs> the captains are KD and LeBron, and they draft the starters. Or, or, I don't know. It doesn't even matter. It's an irrelevant point. But I wonder if LeBron's going to draft Kyrie high or just make KD... Not pick him because that's what he did with James Harden last year. He just didn't draft James Harden until the end of the draft, so KD had
1: to keep passing on. Him. That was interesting. I I, I remember that. <laughs> yeah, that that was so funny. Uh,
2: well, we're gonna be off next week, Johnny. You got any final thoughts here? Or anything we didn't mention? Who you got in the Super Bowl?
1: <laughs> I don't I don't recall if I said this last week or not, but I bet a good buddy of mine... Oh, that, yeah, you uh, did, but say it again. Uh, oh, yeah. I did, actually. Yeah, you're right. Uh, so, yeah, I, I gotta stick with my uh, with the Eagles, and because uh, I don't want to go to Iowa.
2: If the Chiefs win, he's gotta go to Iowa. Uh, I'm picking the Chiefs. Andy Reid that, Bull.
1: That, that's just me.
2: Well... Heard oh, why would you boost that on away. me Steve <laughs> so you can go see your friend well I guess you're seeing him regardless so yeah
1: <laughs> yeah I kind of forgot about that part this way I have something cool.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I don't know are we sure there's not more to do in Iowa than Los Angeles
1: We're probably if there's any Iowa listeners out there I think I might have said this last week but seriously if there's any Iowa listeners out there, Please let me know what I can do out there if I, <laughs> if if the Eagles
2: lose. <laughs> I'm I'm sure there's some fun stuff. Uh, all right. Well, we will be back in two weeks. Yeah, two weeks. So, follow us on Twitter at C Rivero, at Johnny Five Nine Six at Talk Rams, uh, and be on the lookout. Week after next, we'll be back.